All right, how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real, featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we are back. We've been building up to this for uh, a while, I feel like. Yes, it's true. We finally made it to the most contentious movie of all time. Wow, yeah. I just laying <laughs> it out there, TV. <laughs> we wanted to talk about this one so bad. We were bringing it up like five movies ago. It's true. <laughs> this is true. I was just ranting seconds ago before the show. It's true. He was. Man, I didn't think I was going to, you know. I thought I had myself contained. But then the gates just opened. <laughs> you know, I was watching it yesterday, and I was doing pretty good. I, I will admit right up here, I fast-forwarded through all of Finn and Rose's side quest. Wow, okay. Because it's unimportant and serves no purpose in the movie. Wow. So I was doing good, but then I got to the, the battle on the planet made of Star Wars fans' salty tears, and <laughs> it just, like, I got so pissed, and I wrote literally... All of my notes during that last hour, just sitting there going, I hate this. I hate this too. Why'd they do this? This is dumb. This sucks. All within like the last hour or 30 minutes of the movie. I just couldn't contain it anymore. Let me finish introducing it. If you haven't even <laughs> guessed already. <laughs> We've made it to episode eight of Star Wars, The Last Jedi. All right. So this is, I guess... What was this, the ninth movie in the series at this point? Because Solo was ten. No, this would be the tenth movie. What am I missing? Rogue One. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, well, this was pretty far along. It came out in 2017, so this was following... When did Force Awakens come out? It came out in 2015, right? 2015. It is directed and written by none other than Ryan Johnson, who did Brick and Looper. Currently on IMDb, it has a 7.1 out of 10 user score. It has an 85 meta score. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 91% tomato meter and a 44% audience score. That's that's pretty low audience score, especially for a Star Wars movie, which I think... What was uh, Episode 2 at? I don't remember. I think 1 was probably the lowest. Here, I'll just pull it up. So Episode 2 is a 56%... Episode 1 was a 53. This is by far the most disliked Star Wars film from the general public. I don't want to do a synopsis for this one, because I feel like everybody's already seen it who listens to us, but they get up to some more shenanigans in this movie. Before we get too far into this, I just want to make a note that this movie was so controversial that a petition was started to have Disney strike this movie from the official canon and it got over a hundred thousand signatures on it i mean it's on change.org which never goes anywhere yeah it's basically <laughs> a joke it just you know i'm looking at it now 116,907 people went out to change.org and signed this petition i signed it did you <laughs> i don't remember if i did i don't know if i signed this one i there's another one about luke out there and i think i actually probably signed this one i think it's closed now i don't think you can sign it anymore actually they do have a mailing list so you can just get it via email and click i'll sign it which is what i was doing in my young fight the good fight college days <laughs> making a difference you know let them have it yeah oh yeah one click at a time the only way i can this movie upset 
enough people that they actually went out here to try and get Disney to strike this from the official canon. Just how controversial this got. I'm going to try and keep what I say mostly about the movie, but I am going to talk about like just Star Wars as a whole as well, the state of Star Wars from this movie. Well, it's an important topic after this one because like we already said, this one is extremely divisive amongst the fans and it kind of put the brakes on Disney pumping out Star Wars movies too. All right, I guess who wants to bring up the first thing here about this movie? I think the beginning really just sets the tone for how this movie's going to play out. It starts out by mocking the established characters from Force Awakens, sticking in Marvel humor where it doesn't need to be and doesn't make sense in the film, and then it sacrifices like Star Wars. Oh, I can't think of it. It sacrifices technology, technology that was presented in the past films to just do things that the director wanted to do. Shields, for instance, does the Dreadnought not have shields at all? That seems like a pretty big plot hole. And I mean, it's just all those things put together, the ridiculousness of the how the bombers work too. It's just like you're sitting there watching and it sets the tone for the whole movie. I don't know about the shield thing. I mean, it, I guess I play a lot of games where you can literally just flap to those things and shoot the turrets off as well. Like maybe it's small enough, the X-Wing's small enough to pass through the shield. It's not like a big freighter or something. Yeah, the X-Wing, I, could, I can buy the X-Wing flying in under the shield. Sure, but still, the bomber's so high up that even if you could drop bombs in space, uh, <laughs> it's so high up that the shield would have just deflected them all. Because literally, like, the next scene, we see the First Order shooting the... I don't even know what they call them in this one, because the movie forgets that they're called the Resistance and just calls them the Rebel Alliance anyways. So we'll just go with that. So the First Order just starts shooting the Rebel Alliance ships, and you can see the the shield getting hit and how far above it, it is. So they pick and choose when people's shields are going to work, or if people have shields. And it's it's indicative of the rest of the film and how they have huge plot holes in there and make super big plot conveniences and stuff that don't make sense just to create something that the director wants to do as the non-star wars guy i'll say that didn't bug me at all i like this first sequence the humor was kind of dumb but i thought like the action the bombing run and all that stuff was really well like done and edited don't get me wrong the first scene when the tie fighters show up the bombers are slowly moving towards the dreadnought and like the x-wings and the tie fighters are just zooming past the screen and just blasting the crap out of each other it's awesome i love it but it's it's all the little things that they do in this movie that just screw it over in the end for me and for a lot of other people too you you forgot one thing at the beginning there um poe takes out all the guns on a dreadnought by himself Again, you know, just showing that these new characters are God. Yet again, <laughs> an entire dreadnought by himself. It's it's a funnish scene, but like you were saying, Dan, it's just this movie goes on and on and on. It's a two and a half hour movie of just, you know, plot conveniences, I think, where Ryan Johnson puts in dumb stuff to make his 
dumb story work. Now, I, I will agree with you a little bit, TV. The first 20 minutes, you know, the little things, I felt like they were trying to be Marvel, capitalize off the whole Guardians of the Galaxy thing. And I could like, I, I was chill with the first 20 minutes this time around. I was like, you know, fine. It's fun. It's action-y. It's what's selling right now. It's what's hot. It's the Disney trademark. It's okay. That first 20 minutes is okay with me. More or less, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I thought the joke was pretty ridiculous, but the rest of it, I, like, I don't know. That's A lot of that stuff never even crossed my mind watching this. It didn't bug me at all. Which is fair. So, yeah, from that angle, yeah, this first 20 minutes is chill with me. There's a very distinct moment where it stops being. This movie really takes a turn for the worse, like really bad worse, when they blow up the uh, the bridge on the rebel ship, and then Leia goes um, Mary Poppins, Superman, whatever you want to call it. After that scene, this movie just gets stupid. And there's only a few things in this movie that are actually worthwhile after that point, I would say. I 100% agree. That would be that distinct scene. It gets stupid, and it disrespects, like, even the new characters as well as the old characters. They don't treat the old characters well at all, and they don't treat the new characters good either. Because, I mean, they make Poe look like an incompetent fool, and then they, they send Finn and the new character Rose on this ultimately pointless side quest that takes up like 40 minutes of the film and doesn't even feel like a Star Wars movie in the slightest, right? Just so they can preach their political statements in that part. And you cannot deny that is what they're doing in that part of the movie. The only two characters from the new established ones that get any love are Rey and Kylo. Everybody else gets just disrespected. Well, what they did there was they completely reversed Finn's character arc that he had in the first movie. And they're like, oh, he's still a coward. He's going to run away. When he's about to redeem himself, they do a cheap cop out. I mean, I don't really like all the stuff that J.J. set up in The Force Awakens, but he did set up some interesting stuff with the characters. But then Ryan Johnson came along and basically was like, I'm going to do my own thing with these characters. And it comes off as he disrespects the old ones and he disrespects everything interesting that J.J. set up in The Force Awakens. He adds some interesting stuff too, though, I think. I like some of the stuff that he adds. He does, but what he takes away is a lot more than what he adds to it. I mean, when Ray gives Luke his lightsaber back, right, and Luke just tosses it over the edge like it's nothing, that's basically Ryan saying, I'm just going to do whatever the heck I want in this one. And it feels like he purposefully set out to discount and discredit every single thing that was set up in the last movie. You know, he has commented on that, and I think it's an interesting thing he said. Because he's typically defended himself pretty heavily, with the exception of that, in that he says that he thinks J.J. Abrams wrote him into a corner. I mean, I could, I, okay, so here's what I wanted to see out of this film. And this is kind of, I, I guess I can see a little bit from what he's saying here, in that J.J. set it up to where Luke is going to train Rey to be a Jedi, and then Snoke's going to train Kylo to be a Sith. And it's going to go parallel, and you're going to see, all right, how does the Sith get trained compared to how does a Jedi get trained? So I see where he's going from 
that aspect. But honestly, that's what I wanted to see, too. But he just doesn't do any of that. Now, granted, that's not necessarily a bad thing, subverting expectations. But if you're going to do that, what you have in its place needs to be as good or better than what you were supposed to have originally, right? I think that's this movie's biggest flaw, is every time he goes to subvert your expectations, he leaves you with a half-baked idea that is not nearly as emotionally satisfying or visually satisfying as what could have been if he'd just followed what J.J. had set up for him initially. I mean, I, I just had everybody watch this before we did this. You know, Ryan Johnson didn't set out maybe to make a movie everybody was going to like. He's on record. You know, you can look this up on YouTube. There's an interview where he enjoys making movies that like half the group loves and half the group hates. Like he was never going to make what we wanted out of this, but he thinks from you, what you were saying, Dan, where he subverts everyone's expectations. He believes that he did the original trilogy justice by subverting everyone's expectations. He's also said that. I can see where he's coming from with that. Are you talking about that interview he had with, um, what's his face, the actor guy? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, I think he had a good point with that. The way he went about it, though, like, let's just look at Luke. Luke Skywalker is overwhelmingly most people's favorite character in Star Wars. Like, you can look it up in polls. He's, like, the top out of the good guys. I mean, Darth Vader's up there, too. But Luke Skywalker is very high. And look at Luke from the original trilogy and his character arc in 4, 5, and 6. And then Ryan just throws all of that out the window and makes Luke this hopeless, hermit, disgusting guy who's drinking milk from a (laughs) a sea cow this is not the luke that everybody was left with at the end of episode six which well granted this goes back to some of my criticism from the force awakens right so much time has passed and they don't tell us diddly squat about what went down during that time period that we when we see luke we're like what on earth? This isn't who I remember. And it's because of all the events that happened in that um, amount of time since we last saw him, which to this movie's credit, they do go and explain and they do an interesting way of explaining it too through the different perspectives of Kylo Ren and Luke, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I like that too. Now, this, this might surprise Mike and Fox, but... My criticism for Luke has never been that he was this old grumpy hermit on the island. Because what did he do? He did what Luke would do. He went to start a new Jedi temple and train everybody. We didn't get to see it, which I would have liked to see, but he did do that, right? And he had a super traumatic event that forced him into being a hermit or whatever and giving up. My problem is the actions that he took to get to that point and what he wouldn't do after Ray shows up. Because I totally get, even for Luke, having your nephew turn to the dark side, destroy your temple, and kill all your students is a pretty big deal. And I can understand him going into hiding, essentially, even though he left a map to his whereabouts. Uh, You forgot that one, Ryan. (laughs) I can understand that and wanting to go to the first Jedi temple to, like, consult with the Force directly or something. What I can't buy is Luke 
using clairvoyance to look into the future and then deciding even for a split second that he's going to kill his nephew, right? Because we've already been through this in episode six and he overcame that with his father, the most evil person in the galaxy other than Palpatine. And he he didn't do it. He spared him. He quit. And that's when he became a true Jedi and overcame that weakness he had. So I don't buy for a second that he would look into his nephew's future, one that hasn't even been set yet, right? And think even for a minute that he's going to kill him. And then when he has the chance to make it right by training Rey, he doesn't do it. I mean, he kind of does it, but he doesn't do it like he should have. Those are the two things I can't get behind. It's like he didn't watch episode four, five, and six in the last 10 years. And was just like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember where Luke was at. Let's make him Yoda, but make him not Yoda because Yoda trained Luke, you know? Yeah, the whole Luke Skywalker stuff in this is just, it makes me so mad and it's my major problem with this is because Luke is such a cool character. I love Luke. And just the disrespect to Luke in this movie is enough for me to hate it. I like all the old man Luke stuff. I enjoyed it. Yeah, the Luke is like the least of my like issues with it. And I I feel like with the clairvoyance thing, like... You know, in the the first three, the prequels, one, two, and three, you know, Yoda is using clairvoyance all the time to see stuff, and nobody else seems to be as good as Yoda. And here we have a guy who really didn't get that much of training with the Master of Clairvoyance, but is still attempting to use the power. So maybe I could see where he might, you know, maybe misuse clairvoyance or misinterpret it because he's not the best at it ever, if I had to, like, make a reason. I think it's an interesting dilemma, you know? Like, he makes, a su- you know, one little mistake. He knights his lightsaber, but he hesitates, and he's like, no, this isn't me, but by then it's too late. And I think that's what really haunts him the whole time, is that that was, like, something that he should have been better about. He shouldn't have done that. But he did it, and now he's got a. he feels incredibly guilty. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a cool dilemma. It was not what I expected, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah, but it's not... It's not Luke, though. Luke wouldn't have done that. He's already overcame that issue in episode six because episode six, he gives into it. He gives into the dark side in his rage and he beats Darth Vader. And then he realizes what he's done. And that's when he becomes a a Jedi is because he overcomes that. So he shouldn't be failing that lesson again in episode four or five yoda says something along the lines of if you give into the dark side once then you're gonna have it haunting you for the rest of your life and that might kind of come into play here too a little bit at least that's kind of how i took it is that he's gonna always have to fight this now he gave into it when he was fighting vader that one time and now he's got to deal with that for the rest of his life as well mark hamill the guy who plays luke skywalker who is essentially luke skywalker read ryan johnson's script and then said, I fundamentally disagree with everything you've wrote for Luke, but I'm going to do it for you. And I respect Mark for doing that, but, you know, he is Luke Skywalker. Like, he was the embodiment of that character, and that's what everybody knows him for is Luke Skywalker. He's also a great voice actor, too, an amazing voice actor. But he hardly did anything after Star Wars because... Everybody just saw him as Luke. I I get that point too, but I like Ryan's interpretation of Luke as well. I think it's interesting. 
I mean, it it is interesting, but to back up me and Mike's point, he just discredits the character so much to make that interesting, right? And that's my my biggest problem with this film is how much he discredits all the characters just to tell what he wants to tell. Yeah, just think how cool it would have been, you know, if Luke was actually doing the stuff he did at the end of this movie, which is pretty cool. I wish he was actually there. You know, if Luke is this Jedi master at this point, he is the last Jedi. He should have been doing awesome stuff in this movie. He doesn't want to be the Jedi anymore, though. But see, that's not Luke. That's not the Luke I know. It's a different Luke, but it's a Luke that I think is cool in his own way he's like the gray jedi he's just like it's the force the jedi are pointless the dark side is pointless i i yeah i'll give you that you know it is an interesting take on luke but to me i think it just comes down to personal preference because this isn't the luke that i know that i grew up with the one i was left with at the end of episode six this is just ryan johnson's you know interpretation of it which a lot of people do disagree with the way he did it. <laughs> I think enough people disagree with it that he should have should have been like, okay, maybe I did get this wrong. I mean, all right, so going back to when they bought Star Wars from Lucas, right? Kathleen Kennedy, you can look this up on YouTube, sat down and promised directly to George Lucas's face that they were going to protect the established characters and continue their stories as they were intended to go and do them justice. And what did they do? They start off and they kill freaking Han Solo in episode seven. One of my favorite moments in episode seven. They make Leia look ridiculous in this movie. That was lame. I'll give you that. Yeah. And then they do this fundamental character shift on Luke without enough justification to back it up from when we last saw him in episode six. And like I said in the last one, the greatest disservice is they don't get the old cast all back together one last time for these movies. You've got her and Ryan Johnson, and it's like, we're just going to do whatever the heck we want, even though we promised we were going to look after these characters that everybody loves and that the characters that made Star Wars what they are. So to see him discredited so much in this film is insulting really just a different example of another you know fan favorite character admiral akbar dies in this movie in the blink of an eye admiral akbar should have been the admiral holdo or whatever her name is of this movie that is a dumb character who nobody cares about when it should have been admiral akbar doing that you know that is a character who just gets trashed i do think the Akbar actor did like die though, and so maybe they couldn't get more lines or something. I don't well, know. Thank God he's a freaking puppet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, surely there is a guy out there who can do the voice of Admiral Akbar. I like Akbar, but he is not that essential for me in these like movies. I think he's fun. He's got the iconic line. But he's like one of the most iconic memes in the history of the world. <laughs> After that, like he doesn't do anything. He's got like one line. But I mean, he's like Boba Fett, you know. Boba Fett's in the movie for how long? A little bit longer than Admiral Akbar, probably, actually. You know, Boba Fett is huge, and we have this whole series coming out, Mandalorian, which, you know, is kind of basically a Boba Fett-esque thing. I got one more thing with Luke, and then I'm good with putting Luke to rest. 
Luke is one of the main reasons why I hate this movie, right? Is what they did to him in this. So I hate all that stuff I mentioned about how they transform his character in this one. And it's not justified in my opinion, but they could have at least honored his character and what he was in the extended universe at that very end scene, right? Because the end scene, I remember sitting there in the theater and Luke shows up right in the back of the thing. And I got super excited. I was like, holy crap, he actually came back. He's living up to the Luke I remember. This is him. He's back. Now he's going to do something awesome. Because in the extended universe, by this time, Luke was so powerful with the Force that For example, if he would do a force push, he could destroy a mountain. And he was so fast in saber duels that if you tried to fight him, it was like fighting 50 people at once. And when he goes out there to fight the First Order, I'm like, holy crap, are they actually going to honor what he was like in the extended universe? And then when they blow the crap out of him and he's just sitting there like unscathed, I was so excited. And then it continues and we figure out, no, Luke's not really there. He's just force projecting himself there, which is a cool new ability that I like. But here's my question for you guys. Why didn't they have Luke actually go there? His ship was underwater. He couldn't fly there. Luke can raise the ship out of the swamp at this point. How long has it been there, though? How long has that ship been underwater? He could fix it, or he could have come back with Rey. This this specific scene is what matters, right? Because Luke actually being there accomplishes the same thing at the end that Ryan Johnson was going for. Luke showing up and facing down the First Order and restoring hope to the galaxy because the Rebel Alliance gets away, right? I don't know if they could have him die there or what he would do, but actually having Luke there as a physical entity and pulling off those feats for real would have made that end scene so much more impactful. And having him actually like force crush all of the AT-ATs or whatever they are now and just like killing everybody there, that would have been awesome. And it would have honored his character from the EU, and it would have still accomplished everything Ryan Johnson wanted to do. So it's another slap in the face and insult, especially to big Star Wars fans like me, that they just had him force project there and not actually go. I liked it. I thought it was fine. I mean, I don't know if we wanted Luke to do that. He'd turn into like Captain Marvel from Marvel at that point. Like, who can stop him? What's the point? I don't know the EU that well, so like that never even crossed my mind that he could run as fast as the Flash or anything like that. Well, they didn't have to go that far, right? They could have at least done something. Well, then he dies. Yeah, and then he dies for no good reason. Just like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan got hit with a lightsaber. Yeah, he got decapitated. He lifted his hands up and was like, all right, you can kill me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Luke does the same thing. Luke didn't do anything. I mean, they do set it up that Force projecting like that would have killed Rey when Kylo first saw her doing it and figured out what it was, right? So they set it up, but I mean... And I mean, he was doing it to everybody there. He was doing it to everyone. That's insane. It was just between two people with Kylo and Rey. Well, 
let's just look at this. He physically brings dice. There were ghosts. They disappeared after. They do disappear. Oh, I didn't see that. They do linger, which is kind of strange, but you know. I don't I don't know. I mean, there's no reason for him to force project there when he could have gone there in person, did all that stuff, and accomplished what Ryan Johnson was trying to do. He would have done all that, but it would have been so much better. It would have honored the character actually because that's what he would do he would show up to help out his friends and not just abandon them for no good reason i still think it was an awesome moment i don't know it just feels like a first draft it didn't bug me either way it accomplished the same goal like it was an impressive feat to have himself force projected there and then i thought it was more dramatic him showing up at the last minute he must have just changed his mind at that moment luke gets disrespected and ray pretty much is like god along with poe in this movie ray at the end of this movie lifts a ton of boulders by herself when she's not even trained with the force i get your guys's complaints i just i feel differently about it because you know maybe i'm not as like into you know i don't know luke from the eu that well i don't know all this stuff i thought it was an interesting direction i will agree that the finn and rose stuff is kind of inconsequential but for the like the other stuff in here i don't mind that much at all actually i think some of it's actually really great mostly the kylo ren stuff i think he is amazing in this movie and if i liked him enough in the first one he is so much better in this one you know terry i like kylo a lot in this too him and ray's like force connection thing they were doing was really interesting it's something we hadn't seen before and their characters are at such a similar point right then and there that it's really cool do I think they could have handled it better after the throne room fight? Yeah, I think they should have taken some risks after that. They are the characters that they need to be risky with because they don't have, you know, the established backstory and they don't have the past movies that we had with, you know, Luke and Leia uh, with those characters. So they are the ones that they should take the risks with. I think this movie honestly should have ended in the throne room after Kylo's like, join me, and sticks his hand out, and then it flashes to Rey, movie should have ended right there. That would have been cool. Yeah, but then again, I wouldn't get the Luke stuff at the end, which I actually like, so I don't know. If- well, see, the Luke stuff is cool. What I do like about this movie is Kylo Ren and the Rey stuff. I'm still not big on either of those characters, but this is like the only interesting thing that happens in this movie is their connection. I love how they both react to it. Like Kylo Ren, it seems like genuinely curious about it where Rey's just like, you're a monster. Stop talking to me. I just like the different characters and how they react. It's very interesting. That's what I love about them. And I think what's really cool about them and just hear this out, right? So Ren is so chill and collected anytime they meet up or have a weird force interaction, and Ray is so freaking angry all the time. Every single time she sees him, she just starts screaming at him. I feel like it's like some foreshadowing of what's gonna happen. She can't be a Jedi like that. Like, <laughs> she's so angry. Well, and I mean, even in this movie... Luke's training her and she goes immediately down the deep, dark, scary hole. Like she's like, answers down there. And Luke's like, oh God, 
<laughs> Hold on here. And Ren is like trying. The dark side's not calling him. He's like pissing himself off. I'm going to throw a tantrum now. I'm not mad enough. How can I make myself angrier? And, you know, he's given so much to the dark side, but like it's really like all he's been getting from it is like abuse from Snoke this whole time. And it's not been paying off at all for him. And like you can totally see that conflict this whole movie of him like, man, I've given everything for this. And all this Snoke does is keep dissing on me and making fun of me and, you know, abusing my emotions and stuff. Like, I think it's all really cool. Which is another thing that kind of, I, I mean, I hate to make this, keep making these comparisons, but tie them back to the old ones versus the new ones, right? These new characters like Ray and Poe, you know, they mess up, but they always win all the time, right? But Kylo Ren, here is a guy who just gets punished just for trying. He doesn't like even get close to winning. He just gets punished <laughs> constantly. He's the guy who you would you would put your vote in to win and then he like still fails. Like he keeps failing and like it's really getting to him in this movie and it, I think that's really interesting. He's like, "You want to join me?" and Ray's like, "Oh no, I'm going to end your world real quick." <laughs> <laughs> Snoke even brings up some of the complaints people had from with episode 7, which I really liked, which is like, "You got beat by a girl who's never used a lightsaber <laughs> you are pathetic like you're nothing like i wanted when he's like take that ridiculous thing off <laughs> he hates the mask it's such a great <laughs> moment yeah i love that moment i think snoke's really cool in this movie too and that's another problem is you know snoke is in it and then he's like dead i mean but he, it's great because it keeps kylo ren's character moving like he decides he's gonna he's not gonna take this anymore and he's gonna step above and fit into the role that he's been wanting my main thing is yeah nothing is explained about snoke though i don't like that too yeah i don't know if i need it but what did we know about palpatine in five and six i mean really he was the emperor where'd he come from we didn't know where palpatine came from we just knew he was the emperor yeah but that's the original three they have backstory and fleshed that out now and this was the eighth and seventh movies and they got rid of all the extended canon so maybe they'll flesh out snoke i don't know. i think it's crappy to bash on snoke's backstory at this point i'm not bashing on his backstory i don't know his backstory i don't know anything about this guy yeah i mean it's crappy to bash for the lack of maybe they'll make three prequels for this trilogy i mean we, we understand what his purpose is in this movie I need something to go on because for me, watching episode six, ep well, episodes four, five, and six, it works for me with the Emperor because my focus isn't on him. It's more on Darth Vader and Luke, their relationship. Right. Well, the focus is more on Rin. But it doesn't work for me in this one for some reason. Maybe it's just a personal thing. It's It feels like a cop-out to me with Snoke's character where Ryan Johnson's like, I don't know what to do with him, so I'm just going to freaking kill him. I think his only purpose is to ev elevate Rin. Like, that's his main purpose in this movie. I, I understand, though. I get it. Like, I can see why you'd want to know that kind of stuff, too. It would have helped if we'd gotten, like, more of this relationship in the first one, too, I think. I'll, I'll Let me keep going my, with my compliments with Kylo Ren. So, like, I really like because, you know, he steps in, he fills the shoes of Snoke. And, um, well, it's I love the moment between him and Hux where Hux looks at his unconscious body and is like, I could kill this guy right now. Going for the gun. They still, like, have that antagonistic relationship a little bit, but it's kind of, <laughs> Hux has to be a little more subtle about it now that he's underneath him. But yeah, I still get the vibe that they kind of need each other because Kylo Ren's a little more, like, 
we'll just go all in and take them out. You know, like more passionate. Whereas Hux, I think feel I feel like he's a little more tactical. Kylo doesn't know how to lead. I like that angle of Hux just doesn't want to die, so he just appeases the Sith overlords. I, I think they still have that fun dynamic. It's really interesting and. I love when Kylo um, sees Luke show up on the like battlefield and is like freaking out. Like I think that's such a great moment. You can see that he's just so upset and nervous about <laughs> the fact that Luke has shown up. You can tell that this is a big like trauma in his life that he does not want to face. And it would have been so much better if they had cut out Finn and Rose's crap and built up Luke and Kylo's relationship even more too. Yeah, I agree with that. Because all that you've said about Kylo Ren is true. It's great. He was handled the best out of everybody in this film, I think. Like the Luke, Ray, and Kylo Ren stuff are all the best parts of this movie. And I do wish that they would have just focused on that because I like almost all that stuff. Some of the humor kind of missed me a little bit. Like when Luke throws the lightsaber, I thought that was kind of lame. And the milk thing is weird. <laughs> I don't know if I like it or I don't like it, On honestly. <laughs> I skipped that too when I was watching it. I just feel like whenever Luke's serious and he's talking about how, like, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong and that the Jedi need to just be gone, you know, that kind of stuff, I was like, this is awesome. If they would just cut out a lot of the side character stuff, I think it would have been way better. Just focus more on those three. Because, yeah, I like I said earlier, I have no problem with Luke wanting to not train Jedi anymore because of his failures and stuff. And, I mean, even in the EU, they kind of harken back to this, too. Luke doesn't agree with how the Jedi Council ran things. He's like, well, they failed because they didn't get it, right? Because Luke doesn't forbid his Padawans from having attachments or things like that. He just treats them like people. It, in a weird way, it harkens back to that, too, because in this one, Luke's like, the Jedi are stupid, uh, basically. The Force doesn't belong to them. They got to respect everything, right? And they don't, and that's why we got to end it. So I do like that aspect of it. The, the sheer fact of my existence is, like, causing so much, you know, chaos. The fact that a Jedi exists in this universe. The two sides are both searching for me. They're killing each other to find my location, you know. It's ridiculous. Like, I'm just one man. It's, I, I think he's got a pr some pretty cool points, which I enjoy. And I agree with that, too. It's just what I said earlier that I can't get over with this one. I got a, a couple other things I want to hit on with this movie. Let's hear it. Some things I do like about this movie, there are some really awesome shots. I've never seen a Star Wars movie that looks the way this movie looks at times. This is the best looking Star Wars film. Yes. The shot of Luke on whatever planet this is at the end facing down the First Order. Ooh, yes. That is such a cool shot. Him staring down the army. Oh, man. So cool. Yeah. And I want like a canvas that I can put above my bed of that the whole like shots of the throne room fight those are cool well choreographed and it it's really awesome and the colors too mm -hmm. it just looks so good i've never seen a star wars movie look this way i know i just listened to our uh, rogue one review and we were talking about you know like the shot of the death star in the clouds above the planet and stuff you know a lot of these new movies have really good shots in them and whoever they're getting to come in and do the cinematography for this stuff is doing a great job. Give them a raise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Disney gave them a raise. <laughs> Honestly, my 
My favorite part of this movie is probably just some of the shots in it because they look so good. Like even at the end, even if, you know, I know you guys don't like Luke dying, but he's just staring at the sun and he just like looks so peaceful. Like it's it's such a cool shot. It it does look so good at times. I mean, it does have times when it looks bad, like all the, what is it called? Canto Bite? Canto Bite, yes. Everything on, yeah, that planet just looks bad. Like all the CGI creatures it's it's very prequely i like one thing about canto bite <laughs> is it mark hamill no it's the little drunk guy who thinks that bb8's a slot machine dude that's mark hamill is that mark hamill going Meh. yeah that's mark hamill <laughs> he wanted to play a cgi character so they wrote that character specifically for him man that guy's the best I love him. Yeah, everything else is trash, but that drunk man, I resonate with him. <laughs> See how the only other thing we like is Mark Hamill? <laughs> Fox didn't even know, but he was drawn to him. <laughs> I could just sense there was something good about that little drunk man. <laughs> like a deep well in the middle of a lake, he was drawn in. Ooh, a deep well named Mark. <laughs> but, you know, what... I like out of this movie is actually the visuals more than the actual story and background plot stuff. A concept art book of this movie would actually be really cool, you know. What I love the most in this movie, which you probably won't be surprised after I tell it, are there's three specific scenes in this that I love to death. Almost make me cry a couple times, too, believe it or not. The first one is when Luke goes on the Falcon and runs in the R2. You can immediately tell that that's the Luke we remember, right? He shifts back into that, and it's so nice to see it. And then he's talking to R2, right? And R2 shows him the message when Luke's telling him why he can't go back. That's like perfect. Such a great moment, yeah. I know. I love hating on Ryan Johnson for these movies and him disrespecting the characters, but you can tell that he loves the originals just from that moment alone. I also love when Yoda shows up. <gasps> Ooh! <laughs> and it's it's puppet Yoda from episodes five and six, and he's goofy like he was in those two. <laughs> <laughs> goofy Yoda's back! I was so happy. Getting to see Goofy Yoda get up to his antics and throw shade <laughs> at Luke and still offer Luke really good wisdom and advice like he did in the originals. That was awesome, too, and I love that part. You think Yoda chooses to be crazy old man, Force Ghost Yoda? (laughs) I think he likes it. He likes to, you know, let let his hair hang down, you know? He's been so uptight in the prequels. Now, finally, he can just, you know, just be fun. I mean, he was alive longer than he's been a ghost. He might be a little senile from being on Dagobah all alone, but (laughs) the last thing, last scene I love was when Luke shows up with Leia at the very end there. Oh, that one hits me the hardest of them all when I watched this. Both times I watched it, actually. It makes me tear up a little bit. It it makes, oh, it goes back to what I said in episode seven, where we didn't get the cast back together, the original three, even for one small moment. All my favorite parts in this movie are with the original cast, right? And they just pissed it away after promising they were going to take care of these characters. And it's just, uh, that's probably the biggest 
betrayal of all i think anyways to be fair i don't think we don't know like harrison ford's been saying he's done with star wars for years who knows he probably was like i want to die in this one if i'm coming back we don't know like his end of things you know i'm sure they didn't plan on carrie fisher unfortunately passing away either like and i you keep saying disrespect but i've liked well except for leia with the force flying thing was weird but you know, I think Han was respected pretty well. He was great in the episode seven. He was the best, respected the best. I do agree there. I have a very minor thing that irks me. I don't want it to take long at all, but it's more of a state of Star Wars discussion, I think. This movie was very controversial, we talked about, but something that I hated that happened after this movie came out is if you criticized it at all, Online, you know, I saw this on Reddit, Twitter, YouTube. People immediately called you sexist and racist and all this other awful stuff just for criticizing this movie. Including the directors and Kathleen Kennedy and all of those people in charge. Just the fact that after um, James Gunn got, uh, what was it, um, canned from Disney's Guardian of the Galaxy 3 for a tweet he made 10 years ago, Ryan Johnson deleted like tens of thousand tweets that he had smart move like it is a smart move but they were mostly tweets at the fans which the fans don't get an excuse because they antagonized the rose yeah that poor girl that's just disgusting and i hate that i hate that star wars fans did that i think you know fault lies on both sides like the the way the fans treated everyone involved with this movie and i mean it doesn't excuse what how everybody responded but i'm not defending either side of this because it's bad on both but i hate that this movie became like a controversial political thing that's one of my big complaints too i mean i've thrown shade at that it's all in the holdo and finn and rose stuff and we haven't talked about it much but i mean what's been said on that has been said i mean it's obvious they were making political statements there i mean i think the story would be just as bad regardless of the gender of holdo or ray it's a bad story at its core and that's my issue with it a lot of the complaints were well she's dissing on the men so that's why it's a feminist thing and stuff which it's mostly poe my whole like thing with this is that it's Poe's character arc to become a better like leader he's at first he's just like the fly boy kind of like guns blazing guy but as he like develops he becomes more that's all that stuff for me at least but it's handled so poorly there's no reason Holdo shouldn't have told the plan because that that is a problem in the story a big problem actually that's an objectively bad thing in this movie. And it's another instance where Hollywood sacrifices characters and story to push their political statements, which they shouldn't be doing. I would never say objectively, though. I've heard a lot of people who like this movie a lot. It's all opinion. This is a film. It's all opinion. Like, Yeah. yeah. And the thing I was trying to get about was there was some civil discussions that was were trying to happen. Civil, you know, criticisms that came out about this movie but people just immediately will categorized you and stereotyped you into you're sexist you're racist it's it's just something that has irked me a lot about it because i have read a lot about this movie i've watched a lot of youtube you know reviews i've read a lot of articles and it's just the media took it up 
people took it up as like a social justice thing and i'm like it's star force guys like this is not what we wanted out of this movie like we were just criticizing things but there was some bad stuff that happened and it yeah. it's just it irks me so much that all this crap happened around something that I love, you know? All the loudest voices ruined it for everybody else, I think. Yeah, I don't like this movie, but, you know, I do love Star Wars still. And all this nonsense got caught up into it, you know, something that I love and I hate. And it irks me that it still goes on today. But, sorry, I did, that took longer than I wanted it to, but it is just something else that irked me. That's that, all right. That, that's the motto of our podcast. That took longer <laughs> than we thought it would. <laughs> Can you subtitle that on Podbean TV? I should just put that underneath our show notes, yeah. But no, it's important. It's an important thing to bring up because that's a super important event that occurred after this film came out, right? So it's good that we discuss it. Well, I think we should hit overall presentation here i think that's a wise decision we have a scale that kind of um can let the audience know how hate-filled we really are um, <laughs> we go from burn it pass watch it or buy it in that order we all give a spiel and then we try to average out our scores at the end so there it is i'm curious to hear what everybody's got to say about this one it's really up in the air i i got most of my stuff out real quick at the beginning well not real quick i guess yeah this took longer than we thought it would <laughs> but you know watching it this time i was kind of like what i was with the force awakens i was just pretty bored and this just kept going and going and it was just one you know plot convenience after another and the more i watched it the more disappointed i got i was just like you know there could have been an awesome movie here but there just isn't and I think there's a lot of stuff that builds up to it. I've got to give this one a burn it because it doesn't really advance anything for me that I like out of this besides maybe Kylo Ren. And that's just kind of a minor thing that I like. I'm still kind of iffy on Kylo Ren, but he is the best character in this new series. What they did to Luke just really irks me. So I got to give this one a burn it. For me, at least, I just think it's an objectively bad film. You could change the name of the characters, the locations, not even make it Star Wars, and it would still be full of gaping plot holes and preposterous conveniences. And for me, that, that that's a burn it. I mean, it's, I, I don't know, I just think it's a bad movie, regardless of even how it relates to, like, Star Wars lore and backstory. It does have an amazing fight scene, the really first good fight scene we've got from this new trilogy, so... Maybe YouTube that after you burn your copy of the movie. Yeah, the first time I watched this, I was very mixed on it. And the time, then when I watched it again, I'm very mixed on it. Um, I'm obviously not as like angry about it as I think you three are. I think it's about half and half for me. I think there's stuff that I really like in this movie, but then there's also stuff I don't. Mostly the Ray, Luke, and Kylo Ren stuff. I wanted more of that. And really all the Finn and Rose and Poe stuff. Cut it down or leave it out. I don't know. Fix it up a little bit. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this one. Uh, I think it's really well shot. I love the character development we get with my favorite character in this news trilogy, Kylo Ren. Hmm. But yeah, I do see there's a lot of flaws with it. I think uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a watch it. Just see for yourself kind of thing. I don't know, because it is very divisive. And I think there's enough redeemable stuff in there for me that like even if I watched it again, like at least I'd have stuff in there that I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. But I'm going to give it a, a, a slight watch it, I guess. So I've made all my points. I went on a rant 
about what I don't like in this film. It's it's objectively bad with all the plot conveniences and everything. I hate what they did to Luke in this one with the one instance and how that affects him instead of doing something completely different. We didn't touch on it much, but the Holdo thing with her not telling the plan, which causes the whole side quest with Finn and Rose, which goes nowhere. And it's just, in my opinion, a vehicle for them to preach their political messages that they want to stick in the Star Wars. I hate all that. Um, I fast forwarded through it, the entire thing, pretty much uh, when I watched it this time. uh, That's how much I disliked it. What else? The music is not. There's nothing that stands out in this one, just to add more insult to injury. There's no track in this one that stands out. Sorry, John Williams, you didn't do it at all in this one compared to the rest. So the question's going to be brought up. The prequels are objectively bad films, too, so why do you hate The Last Jedi more than the prequels, right? And it's because of what they do to the established characters, because in the prequels, those characters aren't nearly as well established as Luke, Leia, Han, and all Chewie and all of them were in the original trilogy. And that's the biggest thing for me, is the disrespect, just the amount of disrespect in Episode 7 and especially Episode 8 for all of those established characters. That's what sets this one over the edge for me. Uh, So this is definitely a burn it for me. I can't recommend burning a movie more than this one. You know, I think I've only ever burned two other movies on this show. Really? Yeah, and they were Jupiter Ascending and Troll 2. And I think I'd watch them both every weekend over this. Wow. (laughs) You know, Jupiter Ascending was terrible. So, I was wondering, do you guys have any theories about what's going to be in the next movie at all? To end the trilogy? Like you don't know the answer to that. I do. I want to hear him. Let's let's get them out now, and then we can see if we were right or wrong when we eventually review that. <laughs> it was so bad with Infinity War. <laughs> I remember this one. So here's what I think is going to happen. I think that Sidious and Vader created Rey, kind of similar to how Anakin was created, and they're going to use the Skywalker name to be about people who are like created from the force and their descendants. And that would explain why Ray's such a God with the force with no training, right? It's a bad explanation, but it explains it. I don't think they're going to do it this, but I want them to do like a ancient Sith ritual to summon Palpatine back from the dead. Like, resurrect him, give him a physical form and all of that, and have that be, like, their main plan all along, which would make sense that they're an extremist empire group that's all along been trying to plan how to raise the emperor back from the dead. So I think that's what's going to happen, and Luke is going to fight the emperor while Ray and Kylo Ren have their big showdown on the Death Star. I'm generally with Dan. I think Ray is the Anakin that didn't get picked up by a Jedi in her sad desert world life. But I think she's going to wind up meeting the Palpatine Force Ghost and get trained by him. And then Ren and Force Ghost Luke are going to have a relationship. And then I think it's going to come to a head with the Force Ghosts fighting and Ren and Ray fighting. That'd be cool too. 
kind of a reverse. That that's kind of what I've been suspecting too is that Ray was born of the Force, much like Anakin. But I also am worried that maybe they're going to just be like, oh, she's Luke Skywalker's secret kid, or oh, she's related to somebody from the movies that we just didn't realize it, you know? I think they confirmed that her parents were nobody, like Ren said. Okay, because I like that about it, because it's like, okay, we don't need everybody to be connected. I kind of like the idea that there's others out there with the same potential, and I'm just worried that they might go that direction. We'll see, I guess. Maybe if they confirmed, it won't, but... You got any theories, Mike? You know, I honestly have tried not to think about it. I wasn't going to go watch episode nine until you guys were like, hey, we're building up to it with the show. You have to go watch it. (laughs) I am very worried about it, and I I don't want to go see it, honestly. So I've tried not to think about it. So that's just where I'm at. I haven't really thought of anything. I've only seen one trailer for it. And the thing that I thought about the trailer was Oscar Isaac looks like Nathan Drake out of Uncharted 3. And I'd rather have an Uncharted 3 movie than I would (laughs) another Star Wars movie from Disney. So So we've actually had a few suggestions during our uh, long stint on Star Wars. And I don't think we're going to get to episode 9 until later because we finished early for some reason. Um, Not because of poor planning, that's for sure. Definitely not that. So I think for our very late Halloween special, we're going to do Critters Attack. It's like the fourth movie in the Critters franchise. Fifth movie. Fifth movie. I have not seen any Critters movies. so Me neither. <laughs> I'm very intrigued by this franchise. <laughs> Me too, actually. <laughs> the more I read, the more I want to know. So we'll get into that next time, I guess. Speaking of suggestions, if any of you listeners out there have suggestions of your own that you want us to watch... Um, you can send them our way on Twitter or on Facebook at Run the Real, or you can email them to us at runtherealpodcast.gmail.com. Let us know what you want us to cover next. And also, let us know your opinion on the episode eight, if you dare. Yeah. Vote in our polls on Facebook and Twitter. All right. Thanks for listening to us tonight, everybody. We really appreciate it. This is Run the Real, signing off. Mm-hmm.